The Society of Illustrators and Museum of Illustration is an international organization with artists and members from continents across the earth. In our work, we honor the beliefs that art and culture crosses borders and that curiosity and perspective, rather than fear and divisiveness, are the key to meaningful and successful cross-cultural dialogue and greater understanding between people. We stand with all those in our family who have been affected by recent events on the world stage and look forward to the day when all artists are free to live and work wherever they feel at home in our global village. podcast. With New Visions, we like to talk about a whole host of topics, including diversity, inclusion, and illustration's role in the larger cultural context. New Visions is led by me, Jonathan Bartlett, and includes Jensen Ekwal, John Lee, and Yao Xiao. So, what's your perception of an illustration career? What did you get taught in school? Or, I guess, maybe you didn't go to school for it. I mean, what'd you, what'd you learn about it on the internet? You may feel... You may have learned that it's a glamorized, full-time, self-employed job working for all sorts of really interesting clients, doing all sorts of interesting projects. Maybe you had those people in your ear, teachers or whatnot, making you feel like you have to suffer and never sleep, be broke, but still go alone as a full-time freelancer. Thing is, though, it's not always the case. In fact, an illustration career can be all sorts of things. Take all sorts of shapes, forms, or paths. It's really up to you. And so that's what we want to talk about today. You know, no one career is the same. Some will be full-time illustrators, sure. Some will be part-time. Others may pursue full-time jobs in design or something completely different and just draw on the side and earn some money. You know, even some others may have multiple jobs while they head towards that full-time illustration career. The possibilities are really endless, and that's okay. And that is what we want to talk about. Kind of debunking that myth that you have to either suffer or that the only way to go is to be your own boss. The panel of artists on this episode is diverse, not only in their backgrounds, but in career paths as well. We've got Christina Dacanay as a host. She's a designer at Macmillan currently uh, with, with Carrie Peach, who only recently, relatively recently, became a full-time full freelance illustrator cartoonist after years of non-art-related full-time jobs. Zoe Van Dyke, who works part-time in the service industry. Roxy Vizcara, a full-time illustrator at Rockstar Games. And Will Varner, illustrator and art director at BuzzFeed. So we talk career choices, creative freedom, money, and Will even gives you some golden ticket insight from that art director's perspective. So there's really, really something for everybody. I, I hope you enjoy. Here we go. Cool. Uh, can we go around the table and talk a little bit about uh, where you came from in terms of like what you were doing for work and how you ended up in the place that you are now and the decisions that you made <laughs> to get you there? 
start with Zoe, yes. Okay, um, so I'm actually part service industry work. Well, hello, my Hi. name is Zoe Van Dyke. Um, yeah, so I work part-time service industry and I'm a part-time freelance illustrator. And slowly over the next few years, I'm hoping to just fully transition into freelance, but I've been in service industry for a decade, so mm-hmm. it's kind of a slow, slow thing. Mm-hmm. Gary? Oh, hey, I'm Carrie Peach. I'm a cartoonist. Um, I started out uh, working in a research, a psych research lab uh, for about five years and slowly transitioned into full-time freelancing as a cartoonist <laughs> and sometime illustrator. Uh, I'm Roxy Viscara, and um, I've been working with Rockstar Games as a marketing illustrator for the past eight years, and I did virtually nothing before that because I got the job out of school. <laughs> um, my name is Will Varner. I work at BuzzFeed as an art director and illustrator writer. Um, I My path was really long and winding. I'm practically a non-traditional student mm-hmm. um, by the time I got to grad school. Um, and I was working in outdoor recreation for, I want to say, five or six years while I was trying to get to my real job of being an illustrator or somebody who works in art. And um, yeah, and I did all uh, kinds of other things along the way, like retail and serving people in restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, I'm Christina Dacanay. I work at Macmillan currently, and I um, am moderating the panel. Uh, so I wanted to ask all of you guys how having day jobs has either informed or like changed the relationship that you have with your art. Um, for those of you who have, you know, done full time and then also done freelance or have considered doing the opposite, like what do you think, I don't know, the life is like from each perspective? Uh, for me, that's hard because I don't have a creative, like, day job mm-hmm. and I never have, which I actually like because I'm not one of those people that wants to spend every waking moment of their day being creative and I really like just going and working at a restaurant and, like, I have all sorts of weird regulars. Like one guy does all the special effects and TV shows around New York, and he tells me about blowing up shit. So, <laughs> like I like that, yeah. And that is restful for me to go home and then be able to be creative at home by myself. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if that's the case yeah. for you guys. I think your point about restfulness is a really good one. My day job was also completely unrelated to the other side of the work that I do, um, and I think I valued both the fact that it didn't use up my my work juice, my draw juice, <laughs> and the, the financial freedom it gave me to be able to say no to projects and have a lot more flexibility with what I was taking on and what work I was assigning myself in my own free time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And for the two of you who do have sort of jobs in the creative field, do you find that you are making work outside of it as well, or does your job sort of satisfy that need? Um, I do occasionally, but I would say Satisfy is a very inaccurate word for that. Sure. I would say it exhausts that need. And I'm just being completely honest. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you're hired as a full, full-time full to do creative work, particularly in illustration, they own everything you do. So they actually try to exhaust you of your ideas. Mm-hmm. And that's the goal. So I actually don't tend to do much creative drawing outside of work. Sometimes I have some minor success doing creative things in another media, um, like so-called crafting. <laughs> um, but 
it's difficult to sit down and draw something that I used to like drawing so much because that's basically what I was hired to do. Right. Even the subject matter is like startlingly close. Um, I would say for me, going back to your uh, first question, because I, there was something that happened to me when I moved to New York and I could, I had to do my day job just to like keep a roof over my head and in New York that money went less further and so it brought an intensity to my drawing because I knew I had to squeeze it in in those precious hours that I had after work mm -hmm. and before I you know, passed out. Um, so I learned to um, prioritize what I liked about my art and what I wanted to be doing with mm -hmm. my art. And before New York, I was like, oh, I'm a painter, but maybe I could do fashion and I, I can do all these things and I wouldn't focus. And so um, that part where it was so painful also brought like a lot of real energy to everything I was doing. And it was a lot of really quick growth because I was working so hard in that limited time. Sure. And it is one of the things that once I got in-house somewhere that it was real easy to let slip. Mm -hmm. um, because also, I mean, I'm really lucky because the work that I do at BuzzFeed is really self-initiated. And so it can be intensely creative. Sure. But it's still not like purely me because it always has to like appeal to a certain audience mm -hmm. um, and so for the first year and a half like I would always come to these like things like this where like illustrators are hanging out or comics people are hanging out and they're like and I'd be telling them like oh I'm at BuzzFeed it's so cool like we're growing and blah 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 and they're like yeah but how's your personal work and it's always that question that just like gets you in the heart <laughs> yeah. yeah there's that question so what have you been up to yeah and, like I, Cooking I obviously can't tell yeah. you. <laughs> I feel like there is like a hierarchy in yeah. in the illustration scene, quote unquote, particularly in New York, and obviously this exists in like different iterations depending on where you are. But definitely in the city, I feel like there is a higher priority placed on being a freelancer who is able to do all of their own work, and even their paid work looks like their stuff, and they get to do all this sort of like, you know, creative ideation that seems so unhinged. And if you're working for clients all the time or if you're working in-house it seems like oh well that's not what you want to be doing is it and then there's that weird conversation of like well you get paid and have insurance and stuff mm -hmm. so there's this weird thing that we wanted to touch on in this talk is like what decisions go into like sacrificing certain amounts of freedom for security and I think that especially as a student when often freelance is the sort of pathway that you are expected to follow that um, that security can sometimes feel like losing or giving up in some way creatively and was this something that you guys had to grapple with like even oh, practically yeah. Yeah. yeah all the time <laughs> currently still um, yeah absolutely I, will, I can talk about this all day <laughs> no I, I you know I, I recognize from the get-go that it is a bit of an ego thing for a lot of illustrators the whole freelance thing and I just never identified with it and I freelanced basically for like three months, by which I mean I got like a job or two that were really low paying before I got this full-time job. And at the time I was like, wow, I just don't want to be kicked out of my apartment. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely doing this. Um, and eight years later, you know, there's still that question of what have I given up in my creative development? Because 
I've met a lot of people who said that out of college they had no idea what they really wanted to do. And I felt like I always knew what I wanted to do out of college, and now I know less. Like, now I'm like, well, actually, maybe I could do some fiber art. But, you know, like, now the possibilities just seem, like, more open to me, whereas I used to be so focused, and I, I knew what I liked drawing, I knew how I liked to draw. And in a way, the nice part about the job is that I'm made to explore all sorts of different things that ultimately usually people don't get to see. Um, but it's it's interesting in that way because I don't think I would have made myself do it on my own or just for a freelance job. Because I know as a freelancer, people hire you to do you. Um, at Rockstar, they hire me to just do everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Okay. Yeah, I feel like when I was at SVA, because I'm, I'm older, I'm 30, so I graduated. What, we're all very young. Uh, yeah, like we should say. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. But when I was going to SBA, all of my classmates were like 21. And they had so much anxiety about like jobs mm -hmm. and money. I'm like, just get a job. Doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Doesn't matter what you do. Just like go out there and pay bills and mm -hmm. know that you can do that. And then eventually you can figure out the art shit on your own. But like, just get a job. <laughs> I've enjoyed many strange jobs like you, like, been a movie projection and I've worked in clothing stores. I've been a maintenance crew worker. Like, I liked all of those jobs. Like, I learned something from all of them. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, I don't know, I think there's an enormous amount of pressure that, like, you, in order to be taken seriously, you have to be creative every second of the day, and you just have to immediately be making it. And if you're not, then you're in some way, like, mm -hmm. a failure. Right. The combination of those two, I think, is the most toxic part of it is yeah. not only is this the only right path but if you don't mm -hmm. immediately step onto it out of school you're done forever Absolutely. when the reality is there are so many paths and ways to be satisfied in your life let alone your life as a creative person and there's so many roads to walk to get to that path yeah. that to limit yourself by saying if I haven't done this by 25 or 30 or 35 or 40 that's it I'm done forever yeah uh, is really limiting. I always enjoyed the great irony of like a freelance illustrator like saying to me like oh when are when are you gonna leave the service industry like mm. as if it's this like great travesty <laughs> that mm -hmm. I make money <laughs> and then in the same breath they'll tell me that they haven't been paid for something in oh, like yeah. two months I'm like that's great I got paid as soon as my job was over <laughs> and I walked weeks home with cash <laughs> So it's just really weird to me that there's this like strange dichotomy in illustration. Yeah. That, like mm -hmm. we're all struggling, right? But we're all pretending that we're doing great. Mm -hmm. Like we're all struggling in one way or another, right? right. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's yeah. the problem. Yeah. Um, it's not easy making art at all, mm -hmm. ever, yeah. especially you know like in a professional office setting that's incredibly secretive. <laughs> it's it it doesn't work with the like egocentric illustrator persona yeah. that a lot of. <laughs> illustrators have whether they think they do or not and I mm -hmm. definitely know that's true for me because I just there's so many things I work on for so long that people never end up seeing yeah. or it takes years to see it and uh, that's I'm not like crying about it or anything but it's so different than the like the freelance mm -hmm. gig I think the the hardest part well one of the hardest parts for me was uh, graduating and seeing people who were the best illustrators of my class not get work right out of school and wanting to be freelance so sometimes some some of them moved home uh, some of them had the 
financial ability through their family to just start freelancing immediately. And I think a lot of students who don't know the like what it costs to live a life uh, don't understand that the, a lot of people who are freelancing right out of school can afford to. Mm -hmm. And there is like a price tag associated with being able to uh, just rent an apartment in mm -hmm. a city and just have a studio immediately. And um, students will see these people and think, oh, that's what I should be doing. And if I, regardless of the kind of person I am or the financial situation I'm in, if I'm not doing that, then I guess I've lost mm -hmm. and yeah. that my art education was worthless and yeah. I should just stop. Yeah, it, I think I definitely saw that both before grad school. I went to the MFA illustration program mm -hmm. at SVA. And both before that and after that, there was this perception of like, oh, well, she's like at Vogue magazine, you know, or he's like freelancing and he has a studio in Greenpoint. And you start realizing that everybody's reality is so different. And especially in publishing, so many of those, especially the ones that are like unpaid or very low paid, the only people that can afford to take those are people who are not worrying about rent month mm -hmm. to month. And, and that's a reality in a lot of aspects of New York City. And mm -hmm. so you, you can never believe your eyes where you're like, yeah. But I have this friend, and they they only draw a couple times a week. But you really don't know they're working somewhere. Situation yeah. like you can't sometimes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think there's definitely, like I. Now that I have aged out of, the brief ACA respite, like mm -hmm. the reality of paying for my own health insurance has been a, a big, chunk of, uh, like things I hadn't known about or known to budget for when I was younger and happily able to be on my parents' insurance. But, even things like. I am very privileged and lucky in that I'm relatively healthy. I don't have a chronic illness, so my healthcare is relatively inexpensive. But like for a lot of people, that's half of their rent or the equivalent of another chunk of rent. Um, so yeah, if if you have something like that going on, there are a lot of additional complications that it can be really hard to factor in when you're trying to think about what you need to price into your budget um, when you're being deliberate about the kind of trade-offs you can afford to make. I want to ask Carrie about her spe like yeah. experience specifically because you, uh, like you were saying, were outside of the creative field for a mm -hmm. long time. What were the things that made you decide to go full time freelance, and like what was the learning curve like? Very steep. It was more of a, a learning uh, ski slope or a mountain, <laughs> I would say. Um, but I, uh, I was really lucky in that I was a project manager at my old job, um, and the grant I was on kind of started to wind down. Um, while I was starting to take classes at a community college and actually learn to draw and paint. Um, but I think because I was coming at it from a day job, I was able to build up kind of a little financial cushion um, and without that, and without being able to live with my parents for a couple of months while moving to the city, I would not have been able to afford to go full-time freelance. That would not have happened for me. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, uh, like the lingering stability of a day job financial cushion was a big help in navigating the um, the otherwise difficult learning curve of right. trying to move into an industry that was totally different from the one I had started in. Well, even just the pay schedule. Just yeah. Insane. Oh yeah. Right. Like, like it's I, hard to just go full time freelance. Mm -hmm. You might be like up to your ears with jobs. Right. But you're not gonna get paid for those jobs. Right. So I, I also months. I didn't dive in. I was like over the course of two years taking on slightly yeah. more and more jobs and getting that horrible wake up call of like, <laughs> like 
hello, editor whom I love. It has been five months since I sent you my invoice. Could you please pay me while I'm working on seven other jobs for you? Is that a surprising part of the job? Like yeah. the job of being a freelancer is like oh, yeah. constantly needing to advocate for yourself? I mean, Absolutely. you probably knew that going in, but like the daily reality of yeah. like having to hunt people was like not something that I was interested in. I think I, I knew it on the surface, but I definitely was naive about, oh, it won't, it won't be that bad. It's not as bad as literally everyone I've ever talked to has told me that it is. Yeah. Um, and that, not just the hustle of finding work, but the hustle of then finding the right person in the company to talk to, to expedite your invoice and finding the person to talk to when they've misprocessed like your uh, direct deposit account mm -hmm. is a separate hustle and a separate job on its own, like your, your own, um, What's that called? It's not a bursar's office. You're your own financial department in addition yeah. to being your own. You be a bursar's yeah. office. Yeah, sure. Depends who you are. Yeah, that's true. I wonder if you working at BuzzFeed, when you're oh. trying to get paid for freelance, since you understand the system, <laughs> can you get to the core of it faster? Do you well, know the secrets? Tell I would. Yeah, secrets. I was just going to say, like, I, the, my perspective now that I've, like, actually been in-house and I'm commissioning freelancers mm -hmm. and... I'm the one, like, when, who they're, like, yelling at. Like, I sent mm -hmm. this invoice in three months ago. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, and it really comes down to a lot of silly people just yep. running around and not <laughs> checking their email when they should have checked yeah. their email or sending it to the wrong address and all these, these really silly things. Um, but I remember thinking, like, it was some magic. Like, there are these, like, superhuman <laughs> beings yeah. yeah, up there that they, because they print such lovely, beautiful things that give me money, like, they must be really amazing <laughs> and together. They must really know what they're doing. <laughs> and then you're inside, and it's like a 21-year-old oh, right. intern. Just people. Yeah, it's really Lots. just people. Yeah. And, and that goes to art directing a lot of times, too. I used to take every word that would come back in that email like so seriously mm -hmm. and so devastatingly you know and it could be like they had a bad bagel you know or <laughs> like they broke up with their boyfriend like uh -huh. you don't know it's just people again yeah. and yeah. and maybe they hate the pink you chose but it may be a fine pink it just may be not that art director's mm -hmm. pink so mm -hmm. That's been really great, and I feel very fortunate and grateful to be seeing both sides now. Mm -hmm. I don't think I would have appreciated this side if I hadn't have spent a lot of time mm -hmm. on the outside. Mm -hmm. And so now, like I, I really like savor that stuff, and I notice it more than I think some people who have come directly into a system like BuzzFeed, sure. mm -hmm. and they may not appreciate it until later or if at all. Right. Do you work with outside artists at all, Roxy, or is it just yes. you? Uh -huh. We absolutely have. Um, and I can say I, I had worked, done freelance jobs for Rockstar oh. before I was hired, and I was always paid on time, <laughs> which has also been my experience doing any freelance work for any large companies, you know, where the check comes with the Viacom or uh, the mm. Walt Disney Corporation on sure, the top. Yeah. <laughs> you always get it within, like, a few, a few weeks or something. You know, like, when they say it will. But when it's like magazines or smaller companies, comics. It's oh, Ooh, fun, yeah. <laughs> I've never even gotten into that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't go there. It's don't go there. It's like they have all this prestige, and you're just like, wait, don't you have like a billing department? Like, don't you have boring accountant people yeah. who like take we care of? We have Susan. <laughs> She's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, Rockstar does have like this team of like money people mm -hmm. who handle that and like are very good at it. And we've worked with other people from the outside and. You know, 
like I, I'm never really involved with like giving them directions. Mm -hmm. That's somebody else, but it's fun to look at and be like, wow, somebody else from the outside world <laughs> contributing <laughs> their thoughts. Do you guys feel like uh, on the on the creative side of things? Do you feel like you ever daydream about not having a creative job, or is this something that has sort of it's been worthwhile in some way for you to be in the well, creative side? Yeah, like I daydream all the time. But usually because I don't, I would never want to do any other sort of office job. Mm -hmm. I just daydream about like, you know, some sort of physical work mm -hmm. <laughs> in the outdoors. That's all. But it's not realistic. And I know that this is literally the only thing I'm good at. Like I could never, you know, deal with people or like documents or anything like I'm terrible at that sort of thing so like this is the only office job I could ever have is mm -hmm. the one where I draw all day and you know I feel lucky but you know also there's a lot of daydreaming yeah. <laughs> Healthy. does that scare you though that like oh shit like, like this is like what if this what if they go under? And what if the robots come There's, there's come a for low you? probability of robot takeover for yeah, creative yeah. work, I, I mean, hear. Oh, there's yeah. a low probability of that, and there's also a very low probability of video games suffering a lot in um, times of financial lows. I mean, actually, we do better when people are stressed out um, yeah, they because they, they, need that, mm. yeah, they need that form of escapism, which sounds terrible, but I totally get it. I don't worry as much about them going under as much as I do um, of like being a senior like a senior citizen there <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> um, just because I don't know I guess I'm a millennial and I don't believe that people should work in the same place their whole lives mm -hmm. like my dad <laughs> but that's just a different thing is everybody there like in their 20s hell no 30s. Yeah, there, I mean, there's so many old timers. Yeah. There's a lot of people with kids. But what is an old timer? Well, 45? people who. <laughs> no, like in their 50s. People with like kids and you're like, old. oh my god, your kid is going to college. When did that happen? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, like it, it actually skews older. And the funny thing is that you see it in the company culture where I've heard tell of in the past. When the company was founded, everybody would party all the time, and it was, was great, quote marks, great. <laughs> um, and everyone, like, drank and smoked, and it was great. Great. Uh, but now everyone has, like, kids, and they have to So they home. all kind of grew old Yeah, like, the, the whole company, company yeah. almost grew up. There's some young people, for sure, but yeah. I think a core amount of people are definitely older than 30, probably in their 40s a lot too so near death yeah near death yeah their, their lives are just totally over right now uh i'm 43 by the way oh, man. just so dead no, just so you know. Know. Yeah. So close. when you yeah. called yourself 30 and half the table like it. grimaced all, i'm looking I'm down saying, the tunnel yes older than that do you get jobs from 80s who are like 22 i mean back in the day when i was getting jobs um I was definitely getting hired by people much younger than me. And I'll meet them in person. And I'm like, wow, you're like Whoops. my littlest sibling. <laughs> um, but I've always, uh, I come from a really big family. We have, there's seven kids and I'm one of the oldest ones. And so I like, am really used to always being with younger people. I was really slow getting through undergrad. And like, uh, I was like the oldest person in our grad school program. I'm always the oldest guy in the room. And so 
when I interviewed at BuzzFeed, like I'm looking around and I'm like, this is, it's a summer camp. And <laughs> so I'm going to be the old counselor so here, you know? And, but I'm really, I function pretty well in an environment like that. Mm -hmm. I like people younger than me and I get a lot of energy from You look from like them. someone who could like hang with the young people, mm -hmm. right? I'm wondering um, for you guys, just because illustration, you know, there's that adage, like illustration is a young man's mm -hmm. game. Do you feel like, oh, like no. having a nine to five, like creative day job that, does that like give you more security just in that sense? Uh, I don't I don't think illustration should be any ages job. Oh no, you know I definitely I mean? don't agree with it. Yeah. It's something I hear all the time. Like wow. it's just this weird phrase it's kind of the floating flavor around. Of the month, sort of. Yeah. yeah. And there's just this, like worship that that, of youth culture and illustration. Yeah. But that's like that adage is for the young people who are like straight out the gate trying to shine bright and yeah. then they die like a star. Yeah. And then they're so done. They they're done by it. like 33 or something. Yeah. But there are people who start at 33 and then just like take their life as you might. Yeah, like Yuko is a good yeah, example. Of right. Yeah. Right. And just continues to have a long healthy career because when you start your career at that age you know your limits and you know yourself i feel like there may be economic forces that have led that to be the case it's yeah. almost like it's hard to raise a family right. as like yeah. especially if you're freelancing um and there's very you have to do very specific things as an illustrator to be able to make that kind of money and you know in the economy like world economy in general like it's kind of impossible to do that anyway um, and so I'm really excited when I do see models where it's like, oh, you can make grown-up money <laughs> and still have time to like see your family um, and still be an illustrator. And yeah. I think that very much was the case. Like, I mean, we're looking around at like, uh, these yeah. white guys on the wall. Like, they <laughs> no. definitely like so were pretty comfortable, you know. Yeah, and they were not. They days. did it throughout their yeah. life. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things that I do love about being an illustrator is like. You can kind of do it until that pencil like falls out of your hand. Yeah, well, that's, so. that's one of the things about being an artist, you know. Like, yeah. Or a robot yeah. takes I've your job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> robot artist. Robot artist. <laughs> um, yeah, like just being an artist in general. Like I've never been one of those people who's like, I'm an illustrator. You know, like I'm just, just an artist. Like I'll just die an artist mm -hmm. one day. Um, I think that you know, in theory, should make you more valuable. Mm -hmm. as time goes on just because of what you know and what you've experimented with and what you've done mm -hmm. um, you know assuming the world doesn't fall apart in yeah. your lifetime um, I do have to say I think there may be a lot of illustrators out there um, but I also think demand is higher than ever mm -hmm. the internet needs illustration um, I've heard a, a lot of other art directors speak to this too it's like Nobody wants to see a stock photographer or a stock photo anymore. And people like, sure, like sometimes like a an iPhone, you know, image is the most powerful image you want with whatever story you're doing. But we're used to that too. So what's going to stand out on that page of thumbnails? A lot of times it's illustration, and illustration can be so many different things. So uh, I don't think people should be fooled into thinking like it's just so easy to like find great illustrators and and we're just like oh another illustrator yeah. because at least for our company like we're constantly looking for people who can make more images um and there's all these different platforms now that need yeah. specific types of images mm -hmm. so like we're on our website but we're also on facebook instagram snapchat mm -hmm. you know tumblr you name it and and these different areas have different art that appeals to them and so 
people can make a good living if they understand Tumblr really well mm -hmm. and they're and people on Tumblr love their art or if you know they're especially good at Instagram. Does Instagram. anybody understand yeah. Tumblr? Yeah, I know. I also feel like uh, people mistake visibility for success. Yes. Yes. There are so yes, many illustrators yes. and jobs that exist that you, like, you don't even know where these images come from. And I, I worked for an artist agency, like a rep, um, when I was a, an undergrad. And that was the first time I ever saw paychecks. And there were illustrators that we had never heard of and continued to not hear of who are making six figures on like, you know, a big ad job for Apple and they can pull in an incredible amount of money and you don't even know their name because that's not important to them. And yes. if you are taught that people knowing your name is something to is the one important thing <laughs> other than your art, then it can lead you astray. Yeah. Yes, there is yeah. a whole wide world of weird illustrations <laughs> that I never put in my portfolio, yeah. and yeah. they ask me for the weirdest shit, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'll do that, sure. So is that commissions? Yeah, well, they're commissions, but they're usually through a company, but yeah. because they don't have Got an art director, it. it's, it's something very specific and weird that they need for in-house or like yeah. whatever. And that stuff get, is so strange. So yeah. strange, but there's a whole world of it, which I never was told by right. any of my teachers at SVA. I was told like there's like three routes. There's like yeah, editorial, yeah. publishing, Magazines. or you can go to like yeah. become Magazines. an art director. Magazines. Magazines. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Right. I was never told of like there's a ton of money yeah. in illustration just drawing weird yeah. shit for people. Also, like, every bad commercial was storyboarded. You oh, know? Yeah. It's, like, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Oh, my God, I've totally done, like, somebody was, like, at MTV or something, was like, we'll give you money to draw a sketch of something our photographer is supposed to take a picture of for this shitty, like, <laughs> made-for-TV movie. And I was like, okay. <laughs> they paid me, and I was like, really? Wow, oh, my God, cool. This is amazing. Yeah, you know? so it's not yeah. glamorous, but it's, it's Hell no. food. And it was so <laughs> terrible. I mean, sorry, MTV, whatever. <laughs> it was many, many years ago. Nobody remembers that movie anyway. But yeah, um, I did a, a fake book cover for a comedy show for the bit. They needed a fake book cover. Oh, that sounds oh. so fun. Oh, it was super weird. It was like Anthony Bourdain. And was like <laughs> reading, and it was like this joke book that he like... The joke was that he started to write these like bad sci-fi pulp books nice. and they're called like the sensual space adventures of oh Anthony Shourday. So they're like, we just need oh in two God. days, can you draw a sexy pic of Anthony Bourdain in space with this lady and it's just gonna be on this book cover and no one's ever gonna know you did it and we're yep. gonna pay you through PayPal tomorrow. I'm and I'm so like, yes, bad. I will do yeah. all of these things. Sorry, that's not in your portfolio? <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> It's just so hard to give people context. I'm like, mm -hmm. so it's in a TV show, kind of. Production art. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's a bulk of my job, is to paint this like incidental stuff that's just going to be in a game, and nobody's going to really notice it, except for like huge nerds. Yeah. But they're always the most fun things to do, because it's pretty low pressure. Nobody's like, oh my god, I, like, what's up with this person's nose? You know, like, <laughs> And you can experiment with different styles and everything, and like, try to mimic something that from a certain era or, or you know part of popular culture that's really fun um, and I read um, yeah oh god I wish I could describe the ones I'm working on now um, well one of them is a as uh, character designs for cartoons that actually appear in the game and it's like basically if you're if you're 
if you take your character to his house and turn on the TV, there's a whole set of programming that like most people don't watch, but we make the programming for it anyway. And there's a few cartoons, so we actually develop cartoons and like somebody writes storyboards for them, and like we do concept art, and then other people like make it move and flash, and it's a whole story and like continual wow. episodes and stuff, and that's amazing. And um, one time we just did some you know, like pulp novel covers and like 1940s ads for a game that took place in the 1940s like I, I did this billboard for Cola King and it was just like this like 1940s teenager with like Coca-Cola <laughs> kind of a brand thing sometimes those are them. the most fun to do though they're, they're really so fun. no pressure yeah it's not like your letter to the world or it's not gonna be right. in a exactly doesn't have to like... represent you as an individual human and it's yeah. not also not representing like an art director above right. you exactly. right. <laughs> people are generally just weird. happy to have like the content mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. like we need the content so we just need to fill this space with something that didn't exist before and it's fun like to even try to do something different because you know <laughs> feel like finding opportunities to play like that within yeah. the context of a longer term, a, a day job or a contract or something that you're already, you have a high level direction that you need to be working towards. Um, finding ways to have fun within those constraints has been for me Absolutely. a big part of how to stay engaged on a longer project. Also, you just remember how like all your influences, yeah. like you're, you're not just creating art in a vacuum, like mm -hmm. you're creating art based on like everything you've ever seen that you loved or like responded to in some way and that's like really fun to pick through those memories and ideas and like find new ideas and yeah i just really like that <laughs> you gotta start making textile art in the background <laughs> yeah, of the totally. games. <laughs> but i think it is good for people to notice things like that too like if you're playing you know one yeah, of the rockstar right. games and you're you're like Somebody designed these somebody made characters. That. Oh, yeah. did I that. always notice that. Yes. Yeah. yeah, most people I'm sure it. don't, but yeah. I'm like out there somewhere somebody likes <laughs> Other it. Art All works. the art kids. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, all of us notice. But also by noticing that, you can sometimes make a space for yourself. Um, I, I think people should be more empowered to like approach companies and approach clients more. Um, if if illustrators see a need where it's like, yeah, you guys are doing photography with this, but you know, this could be illustrated or, you know, it could be my type of illustration as opposed to like this crappy, like clip arty stuff that you guys are using. Yeah. I think people should feel empowered because once again, like from being on the inside, a lot of times the decisions come down to just be to like, well, who's in my inbox right now? Oh, this yeah. person, like I know they're available right now. They keep hitting me up. And you know what? Let's take a chance on this. Um, and I always was like, I don't want to be rude. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't want to like be too pushy. And there is that, but usually it's pretty easy to tell if you're overdoing it. Um, and if it's not, then you need to talk to your friends and they need yeah. to help you work on that. But I don't mind if people are like, this is something I worked on today. Do you think this is cool? Um, because it may just show up on a day when my boss is like, I need you to find somebody to do this like by 3 p.m. And I really, there, there are days like that. And if it happens to be that person, then good for them. So um, once again, I just think that mystery of like 
the people on the inside are so smart and they're so cool and they're, they're so together. They're not. They're running around like trying not to get fired. I'm honestly amazed else. that magazines yeah. get made. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right, yeah. like the process start yeah. to finish is exactly. I feel like the, magic. the slow realization that no one is especially cool really frees you up as an individual. Because like even meeting your heroes, it's like, oh, you're just a person who like spends a lot of time alone. Like yeah. you just love art and you're very kind of awkward. And that's yeah. totally, totally fine. Except for Tomer Hanuka. Oh, no. He actually is that cool. <laughs> I have met him. Aww. He is like, he's so cool. So. Can we okay. <laughs> talk about spending a lot of time alone? Please. Of, <laughs> yeah. As someone that freelance life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like I'm on, a, I'm on a comic book right now, a graphic novel that I'm super excited about. But it does mean that my entire work day is just me at my desk solo. And my roommate occasionally stops by to like check to make sure I'm alive or her cat stops by. But I feel like it's really made me uh, a lot more conscious of deliberately finding ways to spend a lot more time with my community um, because I don't have like a workplace where I go to see other human beings and chat <laughs> on the reg. Um, so I don't know. I'd, I'd be curious to hear from you do some freelance, but you also have opportunities to talk to other yes. humans on the reg. I have two extremes. Uh -huh. I have service industry where you're just talking yep. to hundreds of people. Most of them you hate. <laughs> managing all their egos. And managing all of their crazy egos or levels of sobriety for hours. Oh, of boy. Intensity with no break. And then for that, I do that three, day, three days a week. And then the other four days I talk to no one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I talk to my barista, my boyfriend, and my dog. Okay. So that averages out to like a pretty normal level. Yeah. Like an I think level. so. Yeah. It's like a nine to five level. Yeah. Of, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, I work in the restaurant probably like 20 hours a week mm -hmm. 23 hours a week and that's enough that's like more than enough of humanity for me <laughs> right. a week mm -hmm. no i miss the yeah. long quiet spaces mm. more than anything really yeah <laughs> Well, it's don't just, you guys have an open office too? Yeah, oh. we have an open office, and we're, <laughs> right inside. we're right by the social media team. So it's literally their job oh, to talk no, about like too. whatever shit is on Twitter. And <laughs> I'm like, how am I supposed to compose they, anything they or just think anything? Move next, like, next to us. It's just it's, it's like so Twitter much. is speaking to you. It's yeah, like horrible. Yes, yeah, you and they're tweeted. But everybody's like up. really <laughs> funny. Of course. And they're yeah. really smart. So I'm sitting there like, can you guys please shut up and stop being so clever and funny? Because I need to try to make something clever and funny. Um, so yeah, that is one of the things. And I'm trying to get Buzzfeed as a company to understand that. It's like not everybody's creative process mm -hmm. is like, let's talk about this, oh my God, and then let's just type this and then send it out. Yeah. It's like some of us have to have a quiet space to do this. So. BuzzFeed, if you're listening, <laughs> give us at least one little quiet space for the people that work quietly. Yeah, I. Um, it's funny that you talk about seeing people and equating it to talking to people. I feel like I just go into work and I, I never talk to anybody. <laughs> I mean, nobody really like has a need to talk to me. I just work on my projects and then I go. I mean, obviously I have a few people I'm friendly with that I talk to or get coffee with yeah. or whatever, but for the most part, it's like... I don't even get that many emails, you know, like, it's kind of weird, and yes, we have an open office, and it's kind of the same thing, we're over there, a social media team, like, chatting up a storm, and it's just insane, and all the artists and designers are just, like, in complete silence, and nobody says good morning, and nobody says good night, or anything like that, it's just, like, these people... I, you know, I practically live with these people. Like, why am I going to say goodnight to them? <laughs> like, I saw you, like, a few hours ago. Like, I haven't had long enough of a break from you, but I don't know. Publishing's pretty similar. It, it's surprising to me that people elsewhere don't treat 
creatives with more distance because I feel like uh, in publishing designers are sort of like they get a couple of emails and they have to talk to like their editors mm -hmm. and their boss maybe and then the rest of all the other people who run the company are just sort of like eh, designers you can just leave them alone they're, oh. they're quiet which is true um, but it is very different to go to an office and work quietly rather than being in your home and you have to like force yourself to see well another thing I think is a huge difference is that I think compared to anything freelance or even what you do is that the 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 time frame for the work I do mm -hmm. is so insanely different mm -hmm. like you could work on a drawing for a day or two which already sounds like a lot you know compared to some freelancers who like bust things out for mm -hmm. an afternoon um but like that's not the end of it you could keep working on it mm -hmm. later and it could go through several rounds of reviews it could just go on for so long yeah so it's not like anybody really needs to be like chatting up storm with each other and being like okay do you have that do you have this do you have this okay we need to do this and this and this because nothing's ever going to um, happen that quickly. Mm -hmm. There's just so many, so many plates to keep spinning all the time that nobody, sometimes nobody really has time for you and your drawing mm -hmm. until some other meeting yeah. that you're not gonna be in. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I could ever succeed in an office because I like working creatively by myself. I don't even like it when my boyfriend is home. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> but so I have to work alone in a studio. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't even necessarily like working in a studio with other people. That's mm -hmm. just how I am. I need to be by myself. So I don't know if I could ever. Yeah. I think that solitude is a really fair point. Um, one thing I know I miss, though, is the, the natural boundaries that going to an office sets around mm, the time that yeah. you're working. That was one of the hardest things for me yeah. to learn was you have to kind of create really hard lines about, no, this is the start of my work day. No, this is the end yeah, of my sure. work day. Because otherwise, it's very easy for it to just bleed into the rest of your life. No, that's absolutely true. Yeah. I've maybe been allowed to work from home maybe like twice. It's dangerous. Um, it was actually awesome, but yes, dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, but I, it's twice. I actually like kept working, and I was like, what the fuck? It's 9 PM. Like, why, why am I still working on this? <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, I totally get it. And you know, in a way, I feel like having the day job actually made me think about it in a smarter way for other things that I do in my life. So you're, you said you're aiming for freelance at some point full time. Yes. I mean, if you want me to talk like brass tax, like mm -hmm. money right now. Uh, when I was full time restaurant industry, I was probably making like forty to forty five thousand a year uh, after taxes. And I mean, I worked at a really busy restaurant and that was 30 hours a week. So I'd work three days, 10 hour shifts, and then have four days off. But I was so tired sure. the rest of the week. Mm -hmm. It's so full of hate. <laughs> I just like, <laughs> I was like, I couldn't do it anymore. So about a year ago, I quit. And I took a couple months off and then I got a new job, but I purposely got like an easier restaurant. It's smaller, it's way less staff. Mm -hmm. It's like not nearly as busy. Uh, so now I probably make, make, working 20 hours a week, I probably make like 25000 a year, and then I try to supplement the rest of that with mm -hmm. freelance. And I did that because I wasn't hungry enough mm -hmm. when I was comfortable like with a good income. Because right. I was like, I eventually want to just do freelance, and if I just am making money all the time, I'm not going to have the fire to like mm -hmm. spend a whole day off sending promo emails mm -hmm. to people. I'm just going to want to go do something else. So I 
purposely made myself poorer Mm -hmm. so that I would work harder at just going into freelance. And I knew it would take me a while. I have a pretty long process. I'm not like a really quick like op-ed illustrator. Like I could never build up a career on just like getting a job and doing it in a day. Mm -hmm. I think that's easier for some illustrators to do that right away and go freelance just because no one's taking as big of a chance on you like New York Times you get a couple of those jobs they're not taking a huge chance on you they print thousands of newspapers a year so it's not that hard to get them to hire you Mm -hmm. I work larger and I work more long term Mm -hmm. so people are a little bit more hesitant to be like do we want to hire this person to do a cover for us right We've never worked with her before. So it's, I knew that it was gonna take me a longer time to just like fully tre- like go into freelance right. rather than just immediately jumping off. Also, again, I got adult bills yeah. <laughs> and I need yeah. money. And I just wasn't willing to like take that financial risk. Right. Like I haven't been on my parents' dime in like over a decade. So they're not helping me in any way. So I need to make my own financial net. Mm-hmm. So that's, basically why and how I'm doing what I'm doing. Right. So do you feel like there's a certain number that you need to reach before? Yeah. So, I mean, me making 25, that's like, that's like the bare minimum I can make that covers all of my bills, gives me a little bit of money every month to like put into savings or have play money. So my goal by the end of next year is to be making equal parts freelance and illustration mm-hmm. and then hopefully by the year after that like I need to make at least 25,000 on illustration in a year like right. that's how much I need to live in New York and not be desperate sure. mm-hmm. so the year I can make 25 probably the year after that I'll just go into freelance yeah do you do you trust that once you do make it into freelance that you're able to be the kind of person that can set those boundaries and, and uh, like navigate your life from that position what like just just like being a person manage your own business or manage your own business and then also uh create the boundaries that are necessary when you're a freelancer to not make your entire life your work Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know that's tough because again i've been in the service industry for a decade so i feel like i'm already like pretty firm on like knowing when to play yeah think I have a problem with playing too much so, <laughs> so if I work all day then yeah. that's great yeah but also <laughs> like time to be able to afford to play I think is really uh, that's great uh, yeah it's great mm-hmm. and I think that's something that when you're caught up in the glamour of freelance that you might not even consider in like what your day-to-day life is like right like if you want to be a full-time freelancer and you are not the kind of person that is happy spending that much time alone then you're just going to trap yourself in the situation where you're constantly unhappy unhappy but you think it's the right thing to do so you continue to do it and i think that like a lot of the people in this room are older and have like had the realizations in their life to sort of make their day-to-day something that is appropriate for them um i don't know like what advice do you have for what feels right to you as a creative person just try out a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. like yeah but also like looking back it's weird like I knew probably when I was eight years old I wanted to draw for the rest of my life and then I went through all these different paths of like oh maybe I'll be an ambassador <laughs> <laughs> to, real quick to what <laughs> so, like, anywhere. Evian water ambassador? <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, 
you know, just all these things where you're like, I could do this, I could do that, but you know what? I just get so much joy from doing this. And so I think this brings uh, me back to the life and work balance too thing is like, the reason why we signed up for this and wanted to be illustrators in the first place or artists more maybe more appropriately it's just like it's just something we're gonna do mm-hmm. it's like and then we found Stop out it. right yeah. and then we found out like oh like people will pay me and keep right. me alive to do this too and so i do think when you get to a good balance whether it's like you're freelancing but you're also got this day job um or you're just freelancing or you get in with like walt disney feature animation or whatever when you get there it should feel like it's just like just you living Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like if I go in and I my job is to like sit down and draw something personal or something that I think is important um, that doesn't that's not work because I would do that exact same thing like if I had a million dollars I would still be like, well, what do you want to do? Should we go to Paris? Like, no, it was like, I would be like, oh, maybe I'll draw something. Yeah, I, I <laughs> like, think the work part yeah. is when you have to appease other people's yeah. idea, you know, like appease what they want, mm-hmm. whatever yeah. words. When you have to like basically do something for them, um, and maybe you're just like, why? But why? Why do you want that? Okay, but I also well, think, fine. yeah. But I think it's a good sign too. And it, it's always, it's never going to be perfect. Yeah, absolutely. But not. there, there are certain drawing jobs where it's like, yeah, you have to appease them. But it's you feel like it's actually helping you get better and the and the That's work. True. Like it's a mm-hmm. it's a partnership with them. Because personally, I know like a lot of times like I'll get lazy or it's just like four o'clock in the afternoon I'm like oh, I'm done like this looks great accept it and they're like dude it's like the fingers are like all funky like what this is and so then I'm really grateful that they were like no and that I had to please them yeah. so I think there are certain relationships where it, it's never perfect but even when you're drawing for somebody else mm-hmm. it's what I would love to do and what yeah. I do love to do so and you learn you learn different things about yourself and about drawing when you do jobs that on the surface sound kind of stupid mm-hmm. <laughs> or assignments I should say but yeah um, sometimes you explore different things and you're like oh that's interesting mm-hmm. and uh, I like that because it helps you develop as an artist sometimes mm-hmm. when you don't even realize it no I actually think what you just mentioned Roxy was uh, like finding a way to engage with assignments is maybe right. one of the best things you oh, can yeah, yeah. do is yes. finding a way to make even a homework assignment that seems completely mundane yeah. like how can you twist that into something yeah, that you will actually stick to because you are going to yeah. ever succeeded to yeah. is just you know finding what, I, what actually interested me mm-hmm. about it and Will, what you said about uh, figuring out that people will pay you for this also reminds me that the professors at your school are one way or another getting paid to make artwork. And while you have them available as a resource, you should sit down with as many of them as will let you into office hours and get them to tell you how have they done it? What has their path been? Because I think the more different paths that you get exposed to, the more you come to realize that there isn't one best fit. And there's probably not even one best fit for you personally. There are probably a whole bunch of different things that would work for your life. I I had a particularly astute student once ask me, do you ever think about what what things would have been like if you had said no to the job, like out of school and just did other things? And I was like, no, 
because I never, I never would have done that. I never would have said no. Mm-hmm. I think about what it would have been like if I wasn't offered it, sure, all the time, but I never would have said no. And it's like, because you just don't know what's going to fit you, and you you might not figure out until you're in your 40s mm-hmm. or even later. Like, you don't even know. Um, but you have to just pursue what feels right to you at the moment. I know that sounds like wishy-washy bullshit, but um, I think it's absolutely true. I think for the kids that are graduating too, because I mean, I had a lot of them in my SBA class who weren't even sure if they wanted to do anything creative after they graduated. I feel like it's like so many kids, they graduate high school and then they go right into college and they're just stuck on this track. And then there's tons of pressures, like your parents want you to finish your BFA, like you're just stuck in this mindset. I feel like they all panic when Mm -hmm. they get to the senior year, which I totally understand. I actually went to art school once and I dropped out Mm -hmm. when I was. 20 and I took a five-year break from art completely and did totally different things completely Mm -hmm. non-creative for five years and that's totally fine because then at the end of that I was like you know what I do actually want to draw Mm -hmm. so I came back to it with actual human life experience yeah yeah and and I knew for sure I wanted to do it and I didn't want to do it because I felt pressured yeah yeah and if you're and if you're it's not like you're going to be like a full-time freelance illustrator there's a lot of careers that are like adjacent Mm -hmm. to uh being an illustrator which you may find so much joy in like one of the cool things about my job that really is like amazing is that I also am like art directing Mm -hmm. And it's one of the things I purposely have like directed my career towards um, because I realize that I do love being alone and like drawing by myself, but then I start like turning on myself and I'm like, you're stupid. Like, this is <laughs> like, why did you even make this shit? And like, nobody even cares about this. And it's really helpful for me to like step away from my stuff and like walk over to somebody else's and be like, oh my God, like, look how cool this is that you came up with this. and and just focus on their stuff and then and also that hand is wrong but (laughs) like it's I see where you're going and it's so Mm -hmm. exciting um and so you might find that you know you knew that you wanted to be in art but maybe you don't have to be the one that draws everything right you know there's there's all these different ways to have a really happy life yeah there's so many crazy new jobs now Mm -hmm. like like technology like you could be assistant to an art robot someday (laughs) or there are experiential designers Um, yeah yeah. whatever the fuck that is yeah Yeah, half the like illustrators that i know went into like visual merchandising Mm -hmm. which like wasn't a thing Mm -hmm. anyone ever told us about at all um but yeah i feel like uh the more that people are able to sort of recognize that they are not they are already a person and they're a person that (laughs) has needs and will feel uh you know uncomfortable in some situations and comfortable in certain situations and then that can change over time like freelance illustration can wait for you mm-hmm. um and if that is something that you decide that you want to pursue pursue make sure that it's like a decision and not just a thing to do no i mean l- one thing that i so i mean like your path i did something similar i just did it like three times as long <laughs> and so i i was in new york in my early 30s and i didn't have an art career mm-hmm. and i was doing outdoor recreation after school programs and I got dumped by my boyfriend and, you know, was just like, I could kill myself. Uh, oh, I got rejected by SVA the first time. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, what am I doing? Um, 
But I have to say, like, one phrase that came came into my mind somehow, well, I don't know if I heard it somewhere, but it's like, your um, present is shaped, or your, <laughs> old age, old age. The mind starts to go. Your, uh, your past is shaped by your present. Mm-hmm. So it's like, there were years in there where I'm like, what the fuck have you done? Like, you're poor. Like, nobody likes you. Like, this is terrible. You have all these aches and pains. And now I look back on that those times as this incredibly rich pool that now that people do care about what I'm drawing and they will pay me for it, I have so much to draw from. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, you know, you can relate with your experiences outside of school. Like, that's where all these rich stories come from is when you get away from the drawing board you know, you need both. And so yeah. for anybody who maybe is listening to this and they're like, uh, like, I'm 25. I'm so old. Like, should I kill myself? Don't kill yourself. Like, there's like, you know, you're never too yeah. old. You're never too old. So. You have to put some warnings on this episode, John. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm no oldie, but I suppose I, I would be to some students. I'm 30 also. And it's like, I don't think I necessarily know what I want like I could change tomorrow I probably won't but like you know for as long as I have life ahead of me I feel like this isn't it for me like I'm not gonna just be doing this for the rest of my life and it's not because it's not ideal but it's just because I might want change everybody wants change and you can't just think that like oh I'm gonna become a successful freelance illustrator by the time I'm like 25 and that's gonna be it forever until I die like no you're gonna do other things you know exactly I think it's also important with illustration now and technology that maybe freelance illustration won't look anything you don't know what the future is gonna hold 10 years Mm -hmm. you know we're all just gonna be uploading our brains to the internet (laughs) shelling around so are you kidding I can't I can't explain what I do to my grandma (laughs) like You know, not that she even had a career ever, but like, <laughs> I, you know, I can't explain. Sick grandma burn. <laughs> Sorry, grandma. <sighs> different times, man. Yeah, it, it was totally different times. Yeah. Different countries, too. It's like, you know, it's not a thing sometimes. I'm always very impressed when someone's like, yeah, my grandma went to college. And I'm like, really? Yeah. Oh, my parents didn't even go to college. Anyway. Um, but yeah, like, it's the future. You don't know what it's going to look like, man. And it's like, Success now doesn't mean success later, and like lack of success now doesn't mean lack of success later. If that yeah. makes any sense, it's like. Also, success is like not even a measurable. I know. Thing. Yeah. And it's so easy when you are, like day to day, being graded on stuff, and you have crit, and your teacher likes some things, and like like doesn't like other things. It's like, oh, that student's gonna be successful. It's like. Yeah, like it doesn't. What are you measuring? You know. I always wondered what that means because I feel like some people I meet at like parties or whatever illustration parties are like they kind of like use the term success to describe me and I'm like I don't really know what that means I I don't like because I'm employed a lot of people here don't have full-time jobs so like you know and it's not something a lot of people aspire to either Mm. so it's like how is that success and you can't really measure you can't feel like everyone has the same amount like rubric for success right. and it's mm-hmm. like you really can't measure your own life against someone else's no. and I think that's so Christina weird. what you were saying about finding 
where you're comfortable and what's a good fit for your personal needs is a really good one. Like those, those equations are going to be different for everybody. So I was a really good student in high school. And so when I went to art school, I was kind of a bad art student. Oh my gosh. <laughs> because like when you're a good student, it's like, if you get A's, you've succeeded. Yay. Yeah. Uh, but in art school, every teacher, I mean, even the best of them, they have their taste. And if you are drawing to sort of satisfy the tastes of your teachers, you're going to get, I don't know, Bs and end up with a portfolio that is like nothing like you. And some of the best illustrators who came out of my school were really good at not caring about that kind of stuff. And they were able to sort of grasp that like lack of tangible rubric. Um, I also think having like an organizational mind that responds well to testing mm -hmm. and like certain kinds of feedback does not do well yeah. in an art environment where it's just like, I don't know, what do you think it means? Yeah, yeah but if you're talking about art school and then being a working artist, yeah. I think those can be two very different things. Because oh, yeah. I, I do think there are yeah. certain yeah. programs where there's like a real rejection of like a gold star mm -hmm. or yeah. an A. But the reality, especially like in illustration, like you need to be checking off those boxes. And so I think there, there's a tricky balance that I think successful illustrators strike of like, they can be weird, they can be out there, but they also have the discipline to mm -hmm. give people what they need, which is like what school conditions you to do right. Like you, each teacher is gonna want something a little different, and so you, you start to read those teachers. Mm -hmm. Certain personalities do. Yeah. Well, especially illustration yeah. where you're making a product. Right? Yes. It's not fine arts where it's like, yeah. you're exploring your mind. So I think it's mind. important to, mm -hmm. that those are two different things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And one of the things that I found is like, when I got out of the school system, it was terrifying. Mm -hmm. And I had like a BFM painting, and I was really like just floundering around. Like I would spend months on like one canvas, and then for what? Like, and then I'd move on to something else. And it was so refreshing to me once I got back into a school system. Mm -hmm. And then I graduated with my master's, and then it terrified me for three months that I didn't have mm -hmm. gold stars. Mm -hmm. And then I got a. Uh, a job at um, being an in-house illustrator at Fantage, a social media company. And I was like, finally, I, I got stars again. Um, so I don't know, I think, and now I'm back in inside and I'm really happy to have those gold stars yes. and those things to check off. So I think I that, know, that's a really important part of having coworkers for me too, is right. like, I, I don't get a lot from like posting my art and people having little, little likes on them yeah. and stuff. That's not important to me or it, it doesn't give me any sort of Konmari or whatever, um, but having coworkers who you can talk through your ideas with and who can sort of identify things about your own work that it's similar to like a critique environment where you have people that know you well and know you creatively. Um, that's way more rewarding for me than like posting something on Instagram that, you know. Yeah, I think it's more rewarding too than the art school experience, at least for me, because I had a lot of critiques where I just, we'd get to my thing and nobody would say anything. And I was like, what's, what is that? What does that mean? <laughs> you know, um, but now like working with other artists, because I do work with at least three other illustrators, you know, we're all, I mean, I hate to say this, but better? I don't know, like you work with a more condensed team of um, people who know what they're doing more, mm -hmm. you know, like looking back, I'm always like, oh yeah, you're so right. <laughs> you know, like, oh, that makes sense because I know that they know what I'm talking about or yeah. what I'm trying to do mm -hmm. or, 
you know, they can understand it. Whereas I feel like people who aren't artists don't necessarily understand mm-hmm. stuff. And, um, you know, they make decisions about a lot of the things yeah. I make. So it's tough. <laughs> I do think I definitely have to make time to essentially play with my friends yeah, in like a way editing. that I don't get to do because I, you know, it's work alone in helpful. Alaska. Um, but I like try to participate in collaborative zines and anthologies yeah. and yeah. things like that as a way to chat yeah. with other people who are doing the same kind of work. Alaska's for mine. Oh, Alaska of my mind. I was Sorry. Like, I saw Jonathan be like, Who Alaska? Yeah. I thought you were talking about that you came disgusting from bar in Bushwick. Oh, no, there's an actual Alaska Don't bar. ever go there. Do we know that? My mind is probably worse. It's okay. Do you guys think, though, that having like an office job and that kind of like immediate feedback and like co-working environment gives you like more, I wouldn't say self-confidence, but just like... self-worth just Mm. because you're able to immediately get it and so you have a little bit more confidence in what you're doing it lets me bullshit easier (laughs) (laughs) you can trick people when there are people around that is a valuable skill yeah but I mean once again like from being on the outside for many many years and being on the inside it really just comes down to I mean, I do think there's a level of like if that hand is not convincing it's not convincing (laughs) but beyond that it there is a lot about like how you talk about your own art yeah. and yeah. the way you speak up for your it's own so art. It's so important to yep. mm-hmm. for your thought processes just yeah. even to talk about something and explain it to somebody. And it's not being arrogant. In fact, somebody who comes across as arrogant, like it really makes me wonder how confident they are in their mm-hmm. art. Like if somebody's really resistant to like a critique or a feedback that they get, it makes me think like, is this your only drawing that you can squeeze out? Like, are you <laughs> yeah. worried that we're gonna see through? So. I don't think it should come across as arrogance, but when you are talking to other people who you respect their art so much and you see them doing such great stuff and they're like, that's good, then you start, you know, believing it. And it can fuck you up too. Like, you can get a little too. Oh, or can we swear? Oh, it's all up and down. Yeah. Okay, good. No, uh, like five minutes in, we were. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Um, but you can really get yourself in <clears throat> like a group think. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, I don't, I've never seen this but I could see it happening like in a studio like even if it's a bunch of, bunch of freelancers who only show their stuff to each other right. um, do they, you feel that a house style starts to develop the way it might yeah. at a school where everyone yeah. has the same set of mm-hmm. teachers yeah. Definitely. and it could be a real strength like if your house style is the style that everybody wants then you guys are all going to rise with that but you know styles pass yeah. um, so but I also <clears throat> I also think you don't need an in-house job to develop a community of artists yeah, that can totally. function no, like yeah. this. Yeah. Yep. I just think like in an organized environment like that, feedback is usually pretty immediate and yeah. you have like standards that you're working towards mm-hmm. and it's pretty organized. At least that's what it seems like to me, but you're telling <laughs> yeah. me that it's run place. by incompetent 22 year olds. No, oh, I yeah. don't know. No, no, we have it all under control. We know the internet, yes. <laughs> No, I doubt everything. <laughs> what I will say is, like, depending on your personality, like, I get a lot from working on a team and being part of a team, partially mm-hmm. because it wasn't until I went to art school and was alone for so long that I realized I'm actually, like, a bit of a social person. And I feel like a lot of people who go to art school are quiet nerds who are introverts. And even if you are an introvert, um, I don't know, I realized that if I work alone for too long, I immediately just crush my own mind. And, yeah, and just I mean, immediately become like existentially depressed, and like mm-hmm. I'm working on something, and then you know, I, if I pick it up and right the next day in the morning, it's like, 
this is garbage and I'm garbage and there's no one here to tell me otherwise. That's part of the reason I'm kind of (laughs) gradually working into freelance too is because I can work through all those processes Mm -hmm. at my leisure and like work up enough confidence in my own process to not immediately self-doubt every single thing I do uh, over time and I'm not under a ton of pressure to be making money immediately. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting to that point now where I can just tell my brain to like shut up. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, you have hard, hard evidence that this has worked woman. before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just shush. Yeah. One second. Yeah, whenever I've like struck out occasionally and done work outside of Rockstar, I'm always like, this sucks. This is the worst. I can't believe I did this. I'm like, mm-hmm. God, it's so awful. And then like I step back from it and then, you know, maybe later compare it to the work I did before Rockstar and I'm like, wait a minute, this is like a billion <laughs> And like, I don't know if it's because I'm alone when I'm doing these things, mm-hmm. but I also just feel like it might be like my standards are higher mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons because, you know, I've learned things um, and because I get different feedback from different people and I don't know, it's, it's interesting how that happens. But it really is scary to sort of be grappling with that self-doubt and have it yeah. immediately tied to your income. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those, those are two pressures that uh, can I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is like for like a young person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. What are they going to think about me at the next day? Just going on a spiral. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. So, so wait, let me ask. I've had this question written down, and this is like, it like totally right is on here so I'm just going to ask it now instead of waiting okay what what because of like what you guys are talking about like the, the value of yourself and like liking having the team and so on and so forth was there at all any kind of a learning curve to relent your own artistic choices when like mm-hmm. you're like no I know how to make a picture and then someone's like yeah you should change that <laughs> or no we don't like that sketch Fuck yeah. Yeah. Was there a curve for that, or were you just automatically, your personality just fits right, and you're like, cool? Or, because that's, I think, people, they come out of art school, and they're like, or whatever, and they're like, I know it all. Yeah, no, you know nothing. Yeah, yeah, I I feel like I got this job basically when I was a baby, and I didn't know how things in the world worked, or how marketing worked, or anything like that. So I was like, this is what I do. Like, deal with it. But the reality (laughs) of it is that people want certain things out of you, and you just have to f- try to like understand it. Like mm-hmm. it's not even about whether you can do it or not. It's about understanding it and like absorbing it. Like just accepting that it has to happen. And I think I, you know, that was definitely part of the art school thing. Is that everyone was like, "You're an illustrator now. <laughs> you are a name. You are a brand." Go forth and be yourself. You're a tastemaker. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Did um, people say this brand to you? Manager. So, well, <laughs> some, it's implied. Some, yeah, yeah, it is implied. It's, it's kind of like, yeah, you could be the next big thing. It's like weird when people say that. And in reality, what they needed was a draftsman who was going to like mm-hmm. pump work out yeah. and yeah. just like please seven different parties of people who know basically nothing about art and yeah. be like, yeah. Yeah, in reality, it's like, you can draw. Will you draw this thing? Yeah, like, yeah, sure. Like, I don't actually know what I want because I'm not an artist and I'm not even that much of a visual person, Mm -hmm. but hey, like, you know, this seems fine. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? You know, like, and there's just this degree of acceptance of that that has to, like, that you learn. Like, I definitely feel like I got way less sad when I, like, really got used to it. But Mm -hmm. also, like, 
when you are a student and you have your teacher and your peers to please, yeah. you don't think about how, like salespeople don't, a lot of them don't understand art, but they do understand sales. Mm -hmm. And it is interesting to be in a position where art and the artistry of everything that you're doing was like the only thing you had to satisfy for four years or whatever. And then suddenly you have to satisfy these other needs that are not necessarily what you learned to, to value, but are still valuable. Um, and that is a bit of a curve to sort of realize that there's a mixture, right, of people who really have no idea what they're talking about, and then people who are professionals who understand their side of the business, and you don't. Yeah. yeah. Well, Was that kind end, of... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I guess at the end of the day, it's like you are a business, and you're representing yourself, so you're making a product for someone, and if they want you to change it, you kind of have to ask yourself, is my own like artistic vision so important at this moment of time or do I need to make this client happy? Do I want to work with this person again and maybe with time they'll trust me to make more of my own decisions? I think service industry helps me with that because you're just constantly it's a hard, doing whatever it's a hard rando assholes too. want for <laughs> years and you just kind of get used to like being able to make people happy mm. and also the personable side of that yeah. which is maybe you can oh, make yeah. that blow a little gentler if you mm -hmm. say no yes. yeah. that's I something i had to learn on like my job and it was way worse and way more <laughs> terrible because it wasn't just like random assholes that come mm -hmm. into a restaurant or anything. It was just like actual people I worked with. It's like having to learn how to talk to people, which is like terrifying and I'm terrible at it. I've always been. And uh, you know, I it was awesome to realize that like if you're just a certain way, then people will start inviting you to meetings or like start listening to what you have to say. Mm -hmm. And that's great. Like you can't just be like, I am who I am and like this is it forever and like this is just who I'm going to be to everybody around me. It's like, no, you just actually also have to learn how to mm -hmm. work with people. Um, no, it's a weirdo. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's been the weirdo. And, and it, but it really does make a difference. Not, not if you're a weird, it's like one thing if you're weird, but you're like, you're being kind and you're thoughtful yeah. and your work is really good, then you can be weird. But <laughs> it's just another thing if, like I go, I go back to like, if you, are kind of an asshole it could be because your work's not good and you're not confident in it and it makes me less confident in your work i'll put up with an asshole if like i know your work is exactly what we need um and and it's going to kill it's going to be like the next viral sensation and i'll put up with you being an asshole but most people you're not that mm -hmm. like that's very very rare and if you're not that and you're an asshole, it's gonna make your work look worse. And frankly, it's a relationship. It's two human beings trying to get something done together. So you may have, may have really strong work, but if I don't like you and I don't like talking to you and you are mouth breathing behind my desk, <laughs> then I'm not gonna hire you. I'm not gonna reach out to yeah. you, right? Yeah. So. It really does come down to a lot of those human interactions. That's why I've never tried to approach art directors ever. Oh, God, <laughs> like, no. I'm just I, so sure they're going to hate me, so no. Yeah. I just see them in the wild, and I'm like, I don't want to bother you. But now there's all these oh, rules yeah. on the internet. So like, it's like, how do you, do you tweet at someone, or do you, like, and in, when you tweet at them, do you ask them, can I just DM you, or is that too much? Like, mm. So 
Now there's all these other etiquette rules. Then. I just send a big pamphlet of headshots. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> a really cute Just note. slip a 20 in yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I, 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 I will just send a JPEG. I Venmo. <laughs> I Venmo. Nice. And I just sign it with an emoji. Which one? The peach, obviously. Oh, yeah. I was going to say peach. Strong. Strong. This is making it in the podcast. <laughs> John is about to shut this down. Anyway. <laughs> There's a lot of real world things that go into having any kind of career, and the reality of uh, having a career as a successful illustrator is it's not the best drawers. Mm -hmm. It's not the people that sure. like always made the most killer drawings. Yeah, you know. The people who are great illustrators make great drawings. They do that, but they weren't the best, mm -hmm. like nine times out of ten. But they had other things, other skills that they bring in. And but once again, like who's better than anybody else? Mm, There's yeah. no success. <laughs> just like if you're happy. happy also, the, the best the best be drafts people could just be like <laughs> making comics on the side while having like you know a dog somewhere, which oh, is yeah. already Sounds kind of a next so level nice. of success. Yep. So is the takeaway that it, there's more there's more to illustration than just full-time freelancing? Well, it's yeah. just your life, sure. man. Definitely. Yeah, yeah it's just I mean, how you want to spend your days. I will say this, man, and I thought about this when you said that your mom was an illustrator. I was like, whoa, and some people, obviously their parents are like, don't be an artist, what the hell? <laughs> um, for as, like, as much of a hard ass my mom always was when I was like, I want to be an illustrator she was like, okay. Um, <laughs> and she totally rock solid has always been there for me for that Aww. decision, even though I'm sure she wanted me to be a doctor. Like she, mm. you know, she was even like, don't you want to like go to Yale? Like just apply, you know, you never know. <laughs> um, but like that attitude alone has like convinced me that you just have to do what's going to make you happy. And you don't know necessarily what that is but you just have to find out. And you know, it could be freelancing full time or not, or you could be really happy freelancing on the side and then like having some other part-time job. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like. And it's okay. Yes. You have a oh my God. Job. It's please. so okay. Please it's make money. It sounds please. great. Make um, money, have a job. Find a way to <sighs> give yourself the balance of stability that you need. Like don't yeah. ever be embarrassed in doing what you have to to reach a place where you're comfortable. I feel, I meet so many students who seem so sure they want to make video games and I'm like, yeah, man, you might, and you might just want to do it for a few years or you might want to do it forever. Or I don't know, maybe it's not going to work out and you're going to be doing something else. Like. I don't know if anybody could say like this is what I want to do mm -hmm. and this is the only you know like career choice that's going to make me happy honestly like as time has gone on I've realized the only thing that actually makes me happy is like shutting shutting everything out and like drawing something that's 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 the only constant like because stuff changes all the time around you you know mm -hmm. yeah. um I think people should be really hopeful like if you are uh, pursuing a career as an illustrator I think it's a fantastic time to be somebody who thinks like uh, illustrators do. Um, there's going to be so many new ways to create visual images, and there's going to be a continuing demand for more and more visual content. So just don't be stuck on like I got to get on the opinion page, you know, of mm -hmm. the New York Times, or I got to get on the cover of Newsweek. Like 
don't think the old models like no. you should be looking at the new models and figuring out how you're going to get paid off of that or be happy off of that and if you like telling stories drawing fast and drawing bad can i recommend comics because <laughs> <laughs> they are great you They're got it so in there good. yeah i did I love burn. <laughs> wow thanks jonathan yeah. thanks for having us well thank you everybody thanks john great thank job. you good, good job everyone thank you for being so yeah. candid thanks everyone <laughs>